Hey everyone, welcome to Pep Talks. My name is Peppermint. My pronouns are she, her, hers. And I am so excited to have you here today for my interactive weekly live interview show that covers hot topics and issues of the day, giving commentary and review on notable black cinema throughout history. And the reason why I started this show is because I realized there's a lot of black shows that I love to watch who uh, a lot of my non-black friends have not seen these really important black masterpieces. And so uh, that's why I decided to start the show. So we've already watched our movie of the week. And remember, if you're watching this for the first time, you want to watch the movie before you tune in so we can all talk about it together. You can drop something in the comments. Let us know what your favorite part of the movie was. I want to hear from you. Uh, okay, so anyway, each week I invite you to, I can't see the thing, sorry. <laughs> Each week, I invite you to throw on your PJs, a mud mask, and get comfy with me and my celebrity guests where we dish our takes on the movies, drama, and our favorite trends and products, honey. This is a celebration of all things I love, makeup, black culture, and connecting with each and every one of you. So today's movie and guests are the family that prays together with the fabulous Miss Shangela. Literally, I got my Alfred Water hair on for you. Yes, you do. <laughs> <laughs> you look gorgeous. Hi. I'm feeling fabulous. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Uh, let's just jump right into it. Um, okay, first thing I want to know, can, for the, everyone, can you please tell us your pronouns, Miss Shangela? Yes. Uh, when I'm out of drag as DJ, it is he, his. And when I'm in drag as Shangela, I prefer she, her. Holla. Yeah. And if you see me in the street, I just prefer, hey, prostitute. <laughs> hey, hey, how much? <laughs> uh, so listen, you have been doing, you've been up to so much. I can't believe, I mean, everyone, all of our lives have changed in 2020. There, that's no mystery. But you have kept it going. You have persevered. You have been one of the most uh, the inspirational queens to come out of the whole Drag Race franchise for real. And definitely one of the most organist girls, honey, you uh, have brought the title of your song to life. And one thing that I was so happy and touched to hear when uh, the pandemic really set in was you started uh, Feed the Queens organization and uh, to help, be, help queens who were dealing with food insecurity. And food insecurity is something that we have we deal with in this country. A lot of people have dealt with in this country, but it was obviously made worse by the pandemic. Can you tell us, like, what was that moment? That why did you decide to do this? What was that moment? Sure. Um, okay. So, Feed the Queens started. You're right. Right at the start, pretty much of the pandemic uh, in March, April of this year. I started looking around, and just like so many of us, being shocked at how nightlife was completely shut down. All the live tours, the gigs, the local brunches, you know, your nighttime clothes, everywhere we've gone. All the girls, the way that we work, all types of drag entertainers. Um, and it was just like overnight, like gone. And we didn't know how long it was going to be. But as we started seeing it like month after month after month and things not reopening, I was looking around too, like a lot of us and going, what can I do to help? And I was watching a lot of girls online shows and like making tips, but it's so hard sometimes to get people to take the action to tip you, like watching an IG Live and then going to your Venmo or your Cash App and making a tip. 
So I knew I wanted to support our community in some way as community has given me so much. And so I started knocking. I had this idea. I was inspired by Lady Gaga. Well, first Jennifer Lewis, who always has been an activist and super involved. And then I saw Lady Gaga did this thing. Remember the fundraiser that she did? And she was like, I called like 35 of my heads of company friends and asked yes. me to give a million dollars. And so I, you know, she had the glasses on. 35 million dollars. Yeah. And she, and I was like, you know what? I bet I got friends with money. Now, I didn't know if I got out 35 with a million dollars. But I knew that I would have some. But you got offer. a million for thirty-five dollars. Hallelujah! Look at you, better you little mathematician, bitch. So I knew that I could, you know, at least pull together something with with my friends and my fans and the way we like to support. Um, so I started knocking on doors. I had this idea uh, to help people because also I was going to the grocery store a lot here in my hometown of Paris, Texas, with a mask. But groceries are expensive. I'm used to eating out a lot because I was on the road all the time. But even in going to the grocery store, I'm like, bitch, I just left Walmart. And this these two bags cost me like $80. But Girl, two bags don't try to buy a box of cereal, damn box cereal $7 now. Thank you. If you want the cinnamon them. toast crunch. Now, if you just want crunchy squares, that's a whole different yeah. kind of cereal. Yeah, honey. <laughs> they don't have that whole grocery store, honey. You ain't going to get crunchy squares in every neighborhood, honey. No, you not. <laughs> no, you not. So I was like, we need to, there's going to be, we're going to be hit with hunger in the drag community. So I wanted to definitely do something that uh, paid attention to that. So I started knocking on doors and the Actors Fund opened up theirs to me and said, look, we'll help you run this program. We're gonna do it at zero cost because a lot of even charity organizations to keep running, they say, okay, we want, we'll help you do it. But 30% of the fundraising that you do, we're gonna have to use for operating costs. I was like, dang. So uh, I came up with a goal to raise about $100,000 to provide food grants uh, to out of work drag entertainers. And initially, we didn't know how long that this pandemic would be lasting, but we see that we're still in it. And we're about to get hit with another wave. And unemployment rates are super high through the roof. And the money that the government had been providing people is being cut down. And, you know, who knows when they're going to reach decisions on stimuluses and all that. So people mm -hmm. even still are getting hit. So thankfully, uh, due to the support of HBO, and also so many friends and fans who did a fundraiser recently. We've raised almost $90,000, I believe, in order to provide uh, food grants. Now, the bigger thing is now getting the word out to people. They need to go over to feedthequeens.com. Any drag entertainer, Pep, any drag entertainer that's been put out of work due to COVID-19 can go to feedthequeens.com. There's a button there for uh, Queens that says apply. Click it. Mm -hmm. All you have to do is provide three examples to show you were a working drag entertainer within the last year. Okay. All right, honey. And so a picture, a flyer with your picture on it, upload. A link yes. to your Instagram. Yes. Are you performing at the club? Upload. A link on YouTube. Are you performing? Upload. Just hit the, all you got to do is put the link in there, copy paste. Three of those. And once you submit, and if the info checks out, you will receive in your email a $200 grant. That can be used. It's an Instacart card, right? So it's that we make sure oh, that yeah, people are using Instacart. it for food. They can deliver the groceries. You can go pick them up, whatever. But you have $200 to use whenever you want to for your groceries. And if we find that there is no uh, grocery store in your area, because it's for everyone across America, a, a grocery, say you live in, you know, Twin Falls, Idaho, and they don't use Instacart, then you will receive a $200 Chase gift card that you can go use at your local go grocery use. store. Okay. 
Okay, okay. And if that people want to support the program, they can still go over there and hit donate and support the program uh, to help us be the queens. Because we definitely need to support our drag community. That's right. We're going to drop the link in our description. And we're going to actually, because of the magic of TV, we're going to put the, right here, right now, we're going to put the link. There we go. Um, subscribe. Don't forget to subscribe. Remember that girl Hold back on, in I have the day to when you it. Where yep. you go to apply? I went to apply, girl, for the <laughs> I went to apply for the food food bank. Dude, I hear you. I hear you. Everybody's been here. Well, girl, you know, no there's that the truth. I mean, to be honest with you, I'll be very real. Like during this pandemic, the beginning of the pandemic, I applied for um, unemployment. I wasn't working. I got uh, went from my SAG healthcare, which was got very pricey in between. Uh, down to, and then I went to my equity. And the point is, I went on Obamacare, you know, uh, which thank God it's still, I'm very grateful for. Yeah. Uh, but everybody doesn't even have the ability to do that, you know, depending on what's going on. And so I'm just really happy that you are able to, that you provided that. And I'm so happy that you got some support over uh, almost $100,000 is amazing. If you're watching this right now, please take just a little bit of what you have and, and go on over to, Feed the queens and um, and donate. You know, and if you're a working queen, yes, this is still happening. Apply. You know, it's 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 only ha it's only it's only it's only worth it only works. It's fashion. If you take advantage of it. It's fashion. Yeah. If it's, it's fashion. <laughs> It's the fashion. It's fashion. <laughs> but it's the fashion. <laughs> uh, okay, okay. And if you're watching us right now on Twitch or YouTube or Facebook, check the link in the description of my Twitch uh, profile to leave me a tip and support the production of the show as well because we are trying our best to keep it going every single week for a you and bring you fabulously talented guests to talk like Miss Shangela. Okay, I, I got a question you. for you. Between you, Eureka, and Bob the Drag Queen, who takes the longest to arrive on set for We're Here? <laughs> I, think I already know that question. I already know that question. Look, okay, so everybody's going to say me. They are. Everyone's going to say it's me. Hey, well, because me. people say Shangela takes a long time. She's how to everyone. The girls can take a long time to get rid of Shangela. But truth be told, we, okay. we kind of swap out. It depends on what our look is and how intricate it is, who it takes the longest to get ready. Because I'll never forget um, the last city that we were in, which was Ruston, Louisiana. I was so focused on being on time. I was like setting alarms early. So I was, I'll be the first one downstairs to film. And girl, I had a bell with me. So I'll show you a video. I'm standing outside ringing my bell going, where? And I had a clipboard. Where's Eureka? Where's Eureka? Where's Bob? 801. Ding, ding, ding. Anybody seen Bob? I'm going around telling her. Anybody seen Bob? Bob ain't here. Oh, okay, just let y'all know. Shanji on time. Let the record. So if I do show up on time, everybody going to know. I bring it up 90 times. Y'all know I was on time this one, right? I was early, actually. Two minutes. Anybody else early? It's me. me. That reminds me of, um, of uh, Violet when we were on tour. She would always be on the bus to be, let it be known. Let it, let be, it no, be do her voice, do her voice. Early. Let it be known. Let it be known. Um, you know, I do miss those days of touring with you. They were some of the, they were some of the best memories I have. And uh, like you said, we're not touring much right now. We've been home a lot. And in our pre-interview that's over on Patreon, you mentioned uh, 
that this is the longest you've ever been at, at home with your family. And I'm really, you know, it's obviously a blessing that you're able to spend that right. time. Yeah. And I, honey, this is the longest that I've ever been in my apartment that I have. <laughs> um, and, but one of the things that's really interesting is it didn't even occur to me, like I'm quarantined in New York City. You are quarantined in Paris, Texas. And so what is that like to be a, a blue voter in a red state that traditionally um, and is, you know, is talking politics something that you are easily able to engage in in your everyday life? Do you see a bunch of signs? Is, what's the atmosphere like? Well, let me tell you, even on our street, um, and I've been very thankful to be back home with my family since March. I came in March straight from filming We're Here when our sixth episode was cut short and we had to film it from home. I thought, okay, uh, Corona, two months. So yeah. I'll just go straight on. I, I didn't even go back to LA. I just brought my two suitcases that I had and came on over to the house. Baby, I've been living out of those two suitcases for the last eight months, okay? Uh, I just recently uh, was able to go back to LA to work. That being said, I've been here and it was originally, it was a little more relaxed because we're out kind of in the middle of nowhere a little bit where everyone's still wearing masks and we were following the guidelines, but it just, I wasn't seeing like the business shutdowns and, and just so everyone being completely, you know, not going anywhere like a ghost town kind of thing. Wasn't experiencing that at first. And of course, I'm here with the family. So I have people around, you know, it's just us. So it was really, you know, we're just together. And um, so that's been nice, but it's been very weird because I am in a very conservative space in Paris, Texas. Our neighbors three doors down have a, a Trump pin sign in the front and the backyard. Well, of course, you know, that oh, sent me right to Amazon. I went to Amazon. I was like, here's the Biden-Harris. I was the Biden-Harris. Look, look at this. this yes, honey. Uh -huh. This is my yard, the Texas. Flag. Yes, honey. Yes, ma'am. We say Texas. Tex yes, ma'am. It surely does. Uh, it's blue. Yeah. That's all you need to It's blue. Yes, it's blue. And, and I had the Biden-Harris in the front and the back. Since she want to do front and backs, we can do front and backs, baby. We can do front we and backs. We can do both sides. Front yeah. and backs, we had a Black Lives Matter march down here. Oh, yes, honey. Surely did. The black folks came out for Juneteenth, honey. They was in the back of trucks in Cadillac. <laughs> I had made a shirt on the back where I put the Black Lives Matter. I had written it in duct tape because, you know, I, I can't sew and I didn't have no fabrics or nothing. Yeah. So um, I had just made duct tape, BLM, and put it. And we went out there. Me and my mama went out there to the Black Lives Matter and took the kids, rang the bells and everything. That's, that's important. That's a yeah. moment that they're going to remember forever. I think uh, a lot of us, I just get, coming close to November, which is it's coming up in like a, almost a week now, we are, uh, I'm starting to have flashbacks of 2016, this Ooh. time 2016. If Trump wins the presidency, what, what next? I want to hear from you. What's the first hmm. thing you want to do? Well, you know what? When you say that flashback to 2016, I remember exactly that night. And I'd gone, I, Hillary was winning. So I went to bed. And I remember waking up around 11 in LA. I don't remember what time it was. It was late because it was dark. And just seeing the TV that had him with a higher percentage. And I said, I, I laid there in disbelief, like, say, what? Mm -hmm. No. And girl, when they declare that man the winner, and they showed that video of him walking on that stage to do this. I turned the TV off. Sherman Oaks in LA is where I live was 
dead silent. Silent. On the Obama one, honey, it was silent. like fireworks. It was people in the party. street. I think it was fireworks. Yes, same in New York, girl. Same in New York all it night. It was the ghost, bitch. And I said, it was like, so this year, if doomsday were to go down, which I don't, I, I probe and pray, and I'm doing everything in my power. You know, I'm over here, Miss Kamala, Kamala, Kamala Biden, Kamala, Kamala, Kamala Biden. Very, I'm speaking, I'm casting out demons, bitch. Kamala, 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 ho, shut on the home, Kamala, 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 ho. I, and, bitch, I'm doing everything in my power. I'm telling everybody, you you going to vote? Because if you can't vote, you can't speak to me no more. If you don't vote, if you don't got a sticker, if you don't show me a picture of you at the poll, if we, Mm. It's called and if girl. So that being said, if if it were to happen, I think, you know, I do whatever I do. I didn't win drag race. I was disappointed. And then I picked up myself and I said, now what? Let's get it going. And that's what I will do. I will be like, F. Okay, that's gonna hurt. Now, how do we get his self out? What have we been doing the last four years? What do we do? But I'm praying that, that day ain't even got to come. I think, you know what, to be honest, I might go to Bora Bora, bitch. I might go to Bora Bora. I know everybody says it. Like, I'm moving. That's a good time. <laughs> Listen, girl, what is your message to, to, to the gays who, who want to vote for Trump? Are we talking about a movie? I could have sworn I can't want to talk about a movie. I just messing with you, girl. Uh, what I would tell the gays, okay, oh, yeah, because we got a chance to tell them before they vote day. Yeah, baby. I'm, this is a little special because we're on, we are one week out from voting. So we're, we're, we got a, just a little more political than normal. Uh, I live. That's okay. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that because it is so important. It is so very important. So I would say to the gays, as I said in season three of Drag Race on the uh, politics episode, from the heart of all the gays. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> uh, I would say it is so imperative that you exercise your right to vote like no other thing that we've ever done. And we come together to celebrate. We come together to party. We will come together to support Beyonce. So let's all come together to show that we matter this year, that the LGBTQIA plus vote matters, that we can mm -hmm. show up in droves. Bitch, we are educated. We are intelligent. And we also have money, some of us, okay? And even if we don't have money, you know, we have a free right to vote. So we need to exercise that and show up in power so they know that we care about ourselves. When they ain't, people ain't slick, you know, the Republicans and, 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 and people who oppose the LGBTQ movement and our existence, honey, they are fighting us. They are in a silent and sometimes not so silent war against Girl, us. I'm stripping talking about freedom. the gays that want to vote for Trump. Oh, oh, them hoes. Oh, no. <laughs> Baby, I had the other day, excuse me, I was going to the other one. My bad. Um, <laughs> I don't even got to speak to them hoes. Let me tell you what. How dog dare you? That's what I would say to them. How dog dare you? Because, baby, let me tell you. I had a friend the other day. You see, had. Had a friend. Come on. Catch, catch the tent. Catch the tent. He had the nerve. And, yeah, if you're watching this, I'm talking to you, boo. Had the nerve to post on his Instagram, um, just so everybody knows, I'm for unity. I'm for uh, and I'm also for Trump. Girl, I had to scroll back up. Because I said, I know damn well this man ain't said that. I know good and dead. <laughs> Bitch. Because it's one thing. I'm not going to tell everybody to think the same way. That's not how I feel. You know, I, I support everybody's very 
ways of thinking. I'm on a show where we have to go into space a lot of times when people think differently than us. Got it, okay? But when you post stuff like that, not only are you saying who you are, now you're incurred, now you're propaganding, okay? It's one thing to share your opinion, and I do it too. I'll tell y'all, Kamala, Kamala, Kamala Harris, who? Biden. I did it, okay? Now, okay, I'll share my opinion. So you're allowed to share yours. It's true. However, don't sit up here and be my friend, okay? You can't say you value me as a friend. You can't value me as an African-American person, as a gay person, and you're sitting up there blatantly supporting someone who is so openly against everything that I stand for. So mm-hmm. apparently, boo, as much as I love you, oh, I love you. We have had good times together and probably good trade. But that being said, <laughs> my- <laughs> don't doubt good trade, bitch. If you've ever been on tour with Angela. <laughs> oh, Lord. Your tone seems very pointed right now. With that being said, you can't sit here and tell me that you love me and we're going to have this beautiful friendship. And I know the things that you also support. You support a man who puts down everything that I stand for and everything that my friends, the people that I love, that builds them up. White supremacy? You into that? Okay. I don't understand that. I'm trying Not only are you into it, but you're going to get out here and tell other folks to be into it. Nope. Wrong girl. Block. Delete. that. Oh, you really going to block me? Yes, I am. I sure to am. Uh-oh. Well, you could try to convince me. Not my job. Not my job no, to try to convince you. You should. You should know better. You grown, bitch. We all, we all. You can get the information. I know that. Yeah, it's okay. Well, what do you, what do you have to say to the people who don't <laughs> want to wear masks in the in the face of this pandemic? Let me, girl. If you, ooh, let me. I'm looking. <laughs> get your mask, girl. Get, get your my- mask. I always have one within reach. I always have one within the distance, within the six feet, in case you want to come infiltrate the doll. Okay, you want to infiltrate the doll. I'm reaching, okay? I'm going to tell you, and I'm going to tell everybody, wear these masks, baby. Wear these masks. It's so important. You know, being in the house with my grandma, I know having, you know, health scares and all that, it's not that big of a deal. It's a mask. And I know we all make mistakes. Girl, I've gotten out of the car to go into the grocery store, get to the door and like, damn, my mask. And I got to turn around and go back to get the mask, you know. And But it's important. And why make a huge deal about fighting it? We all got to protect ourselves. And trust me, I'm, I'm going to understand when somebody makes a, a mistake. Oh, girl, I didn't. You know, it, it's a journey of us learning. But just... Mm-hmm. Wear the mask. I mean, it's not even that big of a fight. I, it, it, it might help you catch a man. Some of y'all got funky breath. So put the mask on <laughs> and it might help you. You know, you might have lovely eyes and a delicious brow. And in that case, you're going to pull a trade. And if you need that to be your motivation, let it be the motivation. Well, it is time with all of that being said, <laughs> it is time to finally talk about our film of the week. It is uh, The Family That Prays, by, directed by Tyler Perry. Uh, this film came out in, I think, 2008. It's definitely one we've all seen. I've seen it more times than I thought I've seen it. Um, <laughs> and so, and I know you don't already seen the film. Uh, and so, uh, yeah, let's talk about it. This is one that I do think it's important for people to see because I, I, wa- I wanted to add this to the list. It's not what I would consider an entirely black movie. Like my main, the main movies that I wanted to to put on this list of things uh, for the show is movies that are by black directors, by like completely uh, black cast and, you know, like that are black made and owned and, you know, operated kind of thing about 
stories that are intrinsically African-American and black. But uh, we, you cannot deny, when it comes to the world of black cinema, the contribution of Tyler Perry at all. And so this story is about two families in the South, uh, one black, one white, who uh, are connected by their matriarchs, Alfred Woodard and Kathy Bates, uh, who've been lifelong friends and um, amidst family drama, plenty of family drama, decided to go on a, a little road trip together. Uh, and it is a very fast-moving movie, but a fast-paced movie. <laughs> but, like, oh, another uh, scene? Oh, another scene. Oh, scene? Yeah, All right, scene. yeah the, especially towards the end, I think they were like, okay, we got we to gotta wrap this up. <laughs> but uh, I want to know, right off the bat, like, when you first saw this movie back in the day, what were your what were your thoughts and the impact? Because for me, I think it's different today than it was back in 2008. Okay, so I'm gonna keep it real. In 2008, my mother had a collection of probably 400 bootleg DVDs that came in like little white sleeves with CDs mm -hmm. with black marker writing on them. I look, I don't support the, that particular <laughs> industry. Deb got them five for ten. That's all I can say. Mm -hmm. So she had all the Tyler Perry screenplays, and this was originally. Uh, one of oh, the stage oh, plays. Mm -hmm. I believe it was originally on the stage, or a version of it was. So mm -hmm. when it came out, I think the first time I saw it was on bootleg, because, <laughs> and it, you know, the the audio was horrible, and yes. somebody was walking through the screen, you know, very that. Anyhow, um, I have always enjoyed m most of the Tyler Perry productions. And this was one that I thought was done really well. I was like, oh, he got Kathy Bates. Oh, and Alfred Woodard. Oh, Sanai. Oh, Taraji. Oh, Rockman Dunbar. You know, everybody. It was really, and it was interesting, you know, that whole, I think it probably led to kind of those uh, shows that he has now, like the haves and the have nots. Oh, 100, 100. Right? So it was really interesting. It was really interesting to see. And it's one of those movies now that they play, like, you know, when VH1 is doing, like, an all-black movie day? So they're going to put all the all-black movies on. This is one of them. And that's how I've caught it a number of times because it runs on cable so much. It's good. I thought it was a good film. I put your movie questions to write after the synopsis. That's really important. I want to do... Okay, is this the synopsis? Okay, I'll read the synopsis right now. I can't really see right. it. But uh, the synopsis is of the show, of the movie, is... <laughs> Y'all zoom in for Pep. Y'all know she blind. <laughs> that looks like Patreon questions. We got some Patreon questions that we will answer in just a little bit, but it looks like, uh, I'm not sure if the synopsis is before or after the Patreon questions. The synopsis is after. I think you already read it, though. I didn't read it. I just, I kind of just, I, well, it doesn't matter. I won't read the synopsis. I said, oh, okay. I said it for Murray. It wasn't on the screen. I didn't read it. But uh, let's go back with that. Say, how did you like the acting? I think the acting in the movie was really, really good. If you can scroll to that section that we're talking about, please. Uh, I think overall, what stood out for me were the performances, like the individual performances. What did you think about that? Like, okay, so I'm gonna lay it down for you. First of all, you had Kathy Bates. I, I bring her name up a lot. I know she ain't even black, but look, she was a black film and she was wonderful. Kathy Bates, phenomenal. Um, second, I think you know. Um, Alfred Woodard was, you know, classic Alfred Woodard. Uh, it was way better than Steel Magnolias. And I, I, I did you see Alfred Steel? Alfred is classic, you know, I liked it. Uh, Sanai Lathan, I thought, plays that villainous, like... She plays, 
Lynn Whitfieldy oh, kind of like, oh damn, slap her. You I, the whole movie, you like she, slap her. I was, I was like, oh no. And, and I'm after Love and Basketball, I I was not expecting to see Snow Layton play that kind of part, play that kind of role. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry. All I'm hearing, Mitch, is your bang, bang, bang. All I hear are drums. Y'all hear that? Sounds like drums. <laughs> Can you mute, please? <laughs> I thought Jumanji, bitch. All I heard was the rhinos coming. I said, you know, that's Jumanji, Sam. What Jumanji? <laughs> make me pee. Oh, Jumanji. You know you ain't got no panties on. Don't pee. You standing gap-legged over that fan right there. Don't you pee, girl. Okay, okay. I'm so sorry. Jumanji. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Who rolled the dice? Who rolled the dice? <laughs> Jumanji. One of the things that I think that this movie was good, but it really stuck to like the old school format or formula mm -hmm. of making, which I think was great. It feels like a soap opera, but in 2020, watching it back now, there's so many moments that I wish we could go deeper into in the movie. Uh, it all feels very kind of surface. Um, and then it's not a, it's not a criticism really. I mean, they, they, um, they have a. They cover a lot of ground in mm. this movie. Well, uh, you know, this movie made like in the U.S. alone, I think like thirty-one million dollars. And when it premiered at the box office, it was number two only behind some movie called Burn After Reading. And I, I don't even remember that film to be honest. Did you know Burn After Reading? I the title sounds familiar, but I couldn't tell you who was in it. Gives me very I'm international sure. Oscar-nominated piece, but I don't know. But yeah, so, but you know what? Even with all that money, it is the second least well-performing film from the Tyler Perry collection out of all of them. The second least performing. So like, here's the whole list. Here's the worst. It's one above that. It's at the bottom. Yes. At the bottom. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. And it couldn't look, be, but look, you had great people though. What did you think about Taraji in, that, in her role as the sister? Taraji was great. I, of course, now... After see at look the, with Tarashi, it's like it's like with Jesus before B, B C and A D before Empire and after Empire with at, once once she's Cookie, I'm now it's a whole like she has just come to life in a whole different way after playing Cookie, uh you know and she was more this character was more reserved I think than mm -hmm. than Cookie, uh but I thought her performance was great. I, yeah, honestly, she was a supporting she girl in this one. You know she's supporting tonight. I didn't like seeing Sinai in this role, to be honest Whoa. with you. Listen, I liked, I liked her in the role. I'm glad she got the part. I'm not coming for the girl's bag. I'm just saying, to see this type of conniving black woman, which they're conniving people come in all colors, uh, to see this black woman in, in, a, in today's world, like this, this story could not, would not hold water in today's world because that woman would not be doing what she did in the way that she was. 
bashing her husband and it was almost written as if what the real situation that we're going through with race and, and, and everything in this world has never happened. It was like, it was a weird kind of alternate universe. I don't know. I'm, I don't know if I'm explaining myself no, well. No, you are. You are. I think, you know, here's the deal. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I run this back and forth because, you know, working as an actor, you know, as well, uh, over time, we've had roles that we thought, okay, now this is your stereotype in my entire community. But, you know, that's what was available at the time. That was what was being written. So I think with this film, um, it could, looking at it in 2020, feel like, wow, so y'all just had the black family working for the rich white family and the poor black family is over here. And then uh, the black lady is just the conniving, sleeping with the white man and, you know, married white man and doing her husband wrong. And, you got, you know, all of these things that are very stereotypical about our community and it not holding us up in a high regard. I think that how I justify sometimes this to myself is that we just have to have balanced experiences Mm -hmm. and visibility on screen. Mm Because listen, those Mm -hmm. people, they exist. And Mm -hmm. I think when Tyler Perry probably wrote that, he wrote it from an authentic place. But at the same time, if we only have that type of visibility on screen, that becomes what everyone sees us in our community as. Mm -hmm. So... You know, I think that as long as there's balance, and maybe at the time there wasn't balance and that was the problem, but I I didn't have a problem seeing her like this because it reminded me of Angela Bassett in Waiting to Exhale. And Waiting to Exhale, yeah. In those scenes where she's going off and she's like, you know, uh, John, how much are your children worth, John? You know, all of that. (laughs) She was was very like that, but an evil version of her. And I, I like, yeah, you know, growing like up- evil uh, version. Yeah, like growing up with shows, like I watched with my grandma, Young and the Restless, Days of Our Lives, Bold and the Beautiful. Uh-huh. You know, that was soap. That was soap stuff at its best right there. That was the Diane Carroll, Joan Collins, go off. That's what that was. So, you know, I think the more boring parts to me were Alfred Wood going to the country club. I was like, where's she going? To the strip Girl. club and different stuff? Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Okay. Does this movie hold any relevance to you today, like in 2020, now looking back? Like, how does it sit? Where does it sit in 2020 in your mind? Oh, girl, I don't think about the family that prays. I, I really enjoy watching it again. It when feels, like a, it it feels like a trip back to 2008. It is definitely a trip on back. And probably before that, because it feels very antebellum, almost, in a way. Yeah. Like, the it. scene opens yeah. up. Old and romantic it's like, South. You know, the call of, I'm waiting for, you know, Scarlett O'Hara to come out there, you know, Eureka's cousin, to come out there and be, be like, oh, gosh, darn, I don't give a damn, Scarlett, you know, whatever, I don't know. Just It just felt very that, you know, and it's just like movies like The Help as well. But that was a period piece. This one didn't necessarily say period. It was supposed to be shot in 2008. I was like, they still living like that? But, it's um, like, yeah, it's very period. It feels like it's way before Yes, it yeah, does. Okay. <laughs> yes, it um, does. And I want to know, like, what? How important is it for a lot of our non-white or non-black friends to see black films? I remember. I I won't say who. It was a queen. I won't say who. Uh, years ago, when Twelve Years a Slave came out, uh, and and I was like, that we had choices to go and see to the movies, and we had seen all the movies. Like, say there was five movies out, and one of them was. Uh, uh, 12 Years a Slave, and we had seen all the others. And so I'm like, okay, we have to see 12 Years a Slave. It's time. Like, we've seen everything else that's out. 
let's see 12 years slow. And she was like, no, girl, let's, I'll just sit home and watch TV. I'm like, girl. And she just didn't want to be brought to, I think, a situation where she would have to see race in, in a certain way or see white people being uh, slave masters or, or, or and whatever. if you were to name this queen's initials, what would they be? Oh, girl, don't give me girl. You know why? Because she's the only queen I know with these initials. That's how it's true enough. Damn. Keep it moving. Okay. Um, well, you know what? It does, it does make people sometimes yeah. uncomfortable, but I think that it's important to, to see films that do, you know, showcase all parts of every community. I've sat through a lot of films that are not from my community that I even felt uncomfortable watching, and but no one else would feel that way because it wasn't them. Or a film where gay people are being bashed, you know, and everyone's just sitting there like, oh, it's the norm. It's very difficult to watch, but you know, sometimes you gotta step outside your comfort zone. Name names. Mm-hmm. Well, name. now it's time to go to some uh, questions that were submitted to us <laughs> from uh, users, oh. from our viewers. Uh, oh. I, uh, these are questions from uh, from people who I think it's up before this. Yeah. Uh huh. <laughs> okay. So here we go. Uh, these are some Patreon questions. Oh, cool. Uh, and, okay. Uh, Nelson DePina says, "The Family That Prays is my favorite Tyler Perry movie. The fact that Tyler was able to get Alfred Woodard and Kathy Bates to start opposite mm-hmm. each other is awesome, and that is the truth." Uh, mm-hmm. But some people, including some black and some in the black community, had issues with Tyler Perry's alleged dependence on selling. Nope, nope, you nope. Uh, go to <laughs> selling, selling the stereotypical black experience to the masses, uh, and accused of selling out to the Chitlin circuit. So back in 2009, even Spike Lee was very vocal about his disapproval of what Tyler Perry was putting out resulting in Tyler Perry lashing out about Spike during an interview in 60 Minutes. Okay, honey, this person did their research. Oh, come through. I need to go look up 60 Minutes. Hello. The two have since buried the hatchet, with Tyler Perry even recently naming one of his new... You don't have control? Oh, darn it. One second. We need a solution for this. Okay. Question. Uh, Tyler Perry, uh, okay, so, uh, the two, after 60 Minutes, the two since buried the hatchet, with Tyler Perry even recently naming one of his sound stages after Spike Lee. Uh, but with all of that being said, do you feel the black, selling the black stereotype is bad, or can it be good? You basically already answered this question. Uh, this person says, I feel the topic has always split the black community in two. I think the Cosbys would be a good example. Half the community saw it as pandering to white audiences with with characters that were not living the very real black struggle. Uh, And the other half of the community celebrating the characters that were not the stereotype. And so I'm really interested in hearing your thoughts. And you did kind of touch on this a little bit, but would you address address what they said? To me, it's about visibility. Look, I think that Look, Tyler knew there's an audience for this type of writing. There's an audience for this type of soap drama, which is why shows like Empire and all those shows that he has created so successfully 
meet the Browns and, and, and all of those things that they work. A lot of them sometimes aren't my favorite thing, but I can't snatch, you know, some people in my family, my aunt Sheila, I can't pull her away from a Tyler Perry show. My mama loves the place. And I'm like, Oh Lord, please don't put that on again. I can't sit there and watch all that, you know, but she loves it. And that means Tyler was very smart, which is why he is a person right now worth $800 million. Um, I don't think he necessarily sold out. I think that he understood there was a market that wanted to see that type of writing. He was selling out these gospel plays all over the country. And no, a lot of people didn't even see it coming, which is why today this man has been able to buy an entire studio and create opportunities and jobs for so many in Atlanta. city. Have you been there? I went. Honey, no, I haven't been, but I've seen, I've only seen the virtual tour. So tell us about it. Well, I won't go too far into it. Uh, You know, (laughs) Shanji, keep it to yourself. No, I'm going to tell you, I went with Jennifer Lewis as her guest to the opening of the Tyler Perry studio in Mm -hmm. Atlanta back in October of last year in 2019. And it was like the celebration of everybody, Black Hollywood. It was like the most beautiful family reunion that you would ever want to go to ever it was inclusive. I mean, like speaking of gay people like me, K-Way, um, just so many, you know, out loud and proud black gay people were there as well to share in this moment. And just to see our icons like Cicely Tyson, Oprah, um, Debbie Allen, Jennifer Lewis, uh, Anita Baker, um, the Will Smiths and the Jadas and the Spike Lees and the Denzels, all of them were there. Even Bill and Hillary Clinton showed up. Okay, the honorary black, honey. Yes, Beyonce and Jay Z, and all, you know, it was just a beautiful celebration of black. And to have that moment and to walk that studio lot as he was like dedicating all those different sound stages, we walked the entire red carpet. Oh, I saw myself on the Emmys behind. They did a Tyler Perry got honored and they did a package roll and they showed him walking between his head and Jennifer Hudson's head. They're my little bush. I was right there walking behind him. Because Jim was like, Mm-mm, come on, let's go. We're going to get up in the camera. <laughs> Jennifer Lewis, I live. <laughs> so we walked right behind it, and it was just beautiful. And so when people ask that question, like, was he pandering? I don't think he was doing that. I think he was writing from his perspective. You know, he's a Southern boy. Those are the kind of mm-hmm. things that we grew up watching. And it's important to have great the Cosby's as well as good times. You know, all those types of shows mm-hmm. need to show the myriad of experiences that people in the black community have had. And hopefully that will inspire us to have, um, be able to have inspirational moments as well to pull yourself up. But what does that look like to people? Some people, it looks like living, you know, in a brownstone in New York and being a doctor. Some people just means I'm happy making ends meet, having my family and looking around us, kicking and laughing like they do in the Tyler Perry films. So it's just important to have as much as possible. And that's why I think we need to create more content, like what you're doing right here, like what we do in, in We're Here or any other shows, to have so people see all the different characters and people mm-hmm. that make up our beautiful fabric of the LGBTQIA pluses and the pluses and the pluses. Preach on that, sister. And while you're talking <laughs> about We're Here, first, by the way, I believe y'all are just about to start filming season two. Congratulations on all the Emmy recognition and congratulations on season two. I think a lot of, not a lot of people know that that is a milestone. Uh, these days, the way that the TV industry runs, uh, we don't always get the news of uh, the second season until right, until right before. Um, and so, uh, uh, congratulations. I have a question from Trisha Lucas. Oh, come on, Trisha. Here is one, 
Yes, yes. Trisha asks, We're Here is one of the most heartwarming and radical shows on TV, and that is the truth. Uh, that's me saying that. Uh, I'd love mm -hmm. to hear about some of uh, Shangela's favorite moments filming the show. Maybe something that didn't make it on camera. Oh, or, my gosh. Or, or, um, uh, okay, so uh, we're... It's fashion. It's <laughs> fashion. <laughs> 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 Somebody get pep, pep, pep got acid reflux. I know y'all. You gonna get a commercial? You gonna get a commercial? I know what you're doing. You don't really be burping. You trying to get a commercial from the after research people. You, that's what you try to do. Get a sponsorship. Girl, tell me, give me my Pepto commercial. <laughs> pep for Pepto. Girl, that's it right there, girl. Girl, girl. Shit, AC. Pep. Pepted. Oh, girl, all my things are, are heartburn medications. What? Yeah, Dr. Pepper. It'll help you burn. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I think we're here. Uh, something that people didn't see. Gosh. Um, uh, you know, we film a lot of stuff uh, going to different places together. Uh, Bob, Eureka, and I. And, you know, as we're scouting. Okay, so when we get to the city, we have to find a place to have our drag show. And so we go to a lot of different places scouting to see if we're going to be able to have the show there. And, and you see some of it on the show. One part I don't think you got to see or didn't get to see as much. We went to this uh, pony, like a pony circus. They had a tent. And girl, they had suggested that maybe we have the drag show on the dirt. On the dirt. So, yeah, the woman is telling us, okay, amongst the horse shit, you want us to be discoing in our nice shoes and boots and the vinyls up on the horse? Oh, Mrs. Thing. And I'll never forget, we got to pet the ponies and, like, play with them. But we had to sit there and watch their whole, like, pony show. Girl, it was something. It was something. They had all the, the – and next up, Midnight Lightning. Mind you, there were, like, 12 people there. And we, <laughs> we were in – it was just outside of – um. That one, I think, was in Idaho, if I'm not mistaken. And one thing in Gettysburg, we went to, um, well, I, this, I didn't even get to go to this. This was Bob. Bob went to a Civil Gettysburg War reenactment. Yes. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. They thought it would be a good idea for Bob to go to a Civil War reenactment. Oh, no. You know, where the folks get out there and the Union soldiers and the Confederates, yeah, and they fire at each other. That, yeah. Yep. That's Bob. Yeah. She had herself out there with the, <laughs> trust me, her side won. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> Elizabeth James wants to know what are your most memorable and, or favorite cameo requests? Do you have any that is memorable? I love cameo requests. Um, you got really me do. cameo, girl. Do you know that? You signed up the whole tour. Yes, Like 2017, you got me on that cameo, honey. And hasn't it been good to you, though? Doesn't it give oh, you a chance to connect lovely. with your fans in a quick, easy it's way? Amazing. It's harder sometimes during the pandemic because, see, I used to be in drag every other night. So I could just knock out yeah. the cameo every time. Now I have to be like, okay. The next time you're going to be in drag, you just wait until the next time you can drag. Now you got to, like, make a... Actually, I'm making a drag. And then to get in drag and not go nowhere. Just, you know, I'm not that girl. I've always been a girl that gets in drag to go to the show or to go to an event or whatever. So anyhow, I love, I love it. And, and uh, people can still connect with me over at cameo.com slash Shangela and order a personalized video. I've had people to ask me to ask their partner a lead-in to the uh, their proposal. I think that's some of my most memorable ones because I'm like, oh my god, like you guys are inviting me to be a part of like 
the proposal. I don't want to mess it up, you know, and then I'll end it be like, and get ready because Jonathan has something very special he's about to ask uh, you. You know, uh, it's really cute. That is so sweet. Iggy Von Moon says, hello, Peppermint and Shangela. First off, thank you both for being such a wonderful source of hope and love. For those of us at home during quarantine, BLM, the election, and the crunchy year of 2020. That is the most crunchiest year I've ever had. Thank you for all the uh, thanks for Black Queer Town Hall, Feed the Queens, and Being Yourselves. Uh, you are generations, you are our generation's icons, and you set an example for uh, excellence and hope. As a young binary uh, drag artist who is in, I'm sorry, as a young non-binary drag artist who's in New York, who's in the works from moving from North Carolina to New York City, what is your advice for me being someone who marches to the beat of their own drum and a spooky, goofy weirdo? What's your advice? Okay, that's one question. What's your advice for making, for me making a name for myself in New York City? Because okay, they want to be named for themselves. And before you can be, before you can be the shit, what? <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, baby, you lost me, be the shit. I'm, one more time, be the shit. <laughs> Before you can be the shit, you have to be, oh, before you can be the shit, you have to be able to pay your dues. <laughs> Plus, it's respect for those who have already done it and have paved the way. I'm so grateful. Just keep scrolling. Pepper, if you don't put a character limit on these questions, thank you, baby. We appreciate that. I think I get okay, it. Okay. I think I get what the question yeah, is. Yeah, okay. What's the advice? Listen, baby, when you... <laughs> In New York. We can't do this anymore. We got to do the limit. Okay, concrete go. jungle where dreams are made of. There's nothing you can't do because you're going to New But it doesn't, it doesn't have to be New York. What is your advice for a, a, a drag entertainer who wants to break in to, and I really do respect this question because a lot of people are like, oh, if I want to make it in drag, all I got to do is get on Instagram and then get on RuPaul's Drag Race. And so, okay, some people do that, but getting really cutting your teeth in the drag scene is there i think that that there's a lost art people are, are not forgetting that, that that i mean right now we have the pandemic so people mm -hmm. can't necessarily do drag shows but if hopefully when we get a vaccine and we can get over this what is your advice for people trying to break in that way I'll tell you like this, you know, and Auntie Shanji loves to keep it real with you, baby. Okay. And I only, and you know, people come to, they come to me for advice about this topic a lot because they've seen my journey. And I, I remind them uh, a lot of times, look, it is a journey. Every, you, a lot of people see us, you know, on television as drag entertainers or out there touring and doing on so many like gigs and events and all that. And they, they want to be in that moment, but you don't, some people get handed that moment, you know, but the, you get the longevity, you know, you get the success in a long career when you understand that it's something that you have to work for. I see so many people these days that want all the fame and all the glory and they ain't, they, they're not willing to do the work. And that could be in any field. And drag is a job as much as it is a beautiful hobby and experience and it's a fun creative expression of art as well. If you want to be a successful entertainer, that's different now. If you just want to be a drag queen, you be a drag queen. You can put on the mug. You can tip, bitch. You can be fierce. You can live for yourself. You mm -hmm. can be a drag queen. But if you want to be a successful drag entertainer, then you're going to have to put the work into it. And you're going to have to understand that a lot of times you have to take a lot of jobs. Oh, honey, look at Shandy's 
Peppermint as well. Peppermint, I remember coming to see you in New York, honey. You know what the grind is like, okay? Oh, we yeah. know we'll get a gig over here. Oh, you still, you want me to come to the gig? Hold on. I can make that one too in the same night, a double check. Let me go on over here across town. Oh, honey, I, I get that was gig a done. For that. Two, three gigs. Get up in the morning and do so. If you want to be on television, oh, you about to be in drag for a good amount of time. And especially when I first moved to LA to work as, as an actor, I was a background actor, okay? We got paid $8 an hour to stand in the back and be shuffled around. But that's what you did in order to try and work enough to get enough vouchers in order to be qualified mm -hmm. to even be in the, in the, I remember when I got my SAG card, I was so excited. So in being in drag, I did $25 gigs. I did $25 plus two drink tickets, you know, to mm -hmm. get a moment. Get on the mic. I remember Laganja. Mm -hmm. I, I see, and it also makes me so proud to see girls who work and see them grow. I think about mm -hmm. Laganja, Stranger's sister of mine. When she was on tour with me and Alyssa, she was deathly afraid right after her season getting on the mic. to get on the microphone. She'd be like, we'd be like, girl, we need you to stretch because we got to change. And she'd be like, I don't want to talk. No, please. No, no, just let me. And we're like, no, you're going to get out there. You're going to talk. You're going to get on this mic. You're going to stretch. And you're going to look back at that curtain and wait till we're there. And she would hate it, but it helps you to grow. And that's what right. I would encourage anybody. Don't be afraid to do the work. Don't be afraid of the journey. Don't think everything's going to come mm -hmm. with a check, okay? And not a lot mm -hmm. is going to come with a big one, especially when you're first starting out, okay? Yeah. And I don't and want you to be taking advantage of, but yeah, it, come on. First starting out means the first few years of you doing it, not mm -hmm. the first few days. <laughs> and get ready for, you know, it's a it's a growth journey. You got to get better. And you got to be, you can't walk in. We teach everyone to walk in with great self-confidence. That's a big thing now. But don't get confidence confused with this um, inflated sense of self where mm -hmm. you think that your shit don't stink or that you don't have anything else. I'm, they taught me to be confident. I'm going to walk in here like I own the place and I do own the place and nobody can tell me nothing. No, baby, that's not what I said. I don't know what the other girls told you, but that's not what I said. I said, be humble and learn and look mm -hmm. around and grow because mm -hmm. drag mm -hmm. is a people business. Okay. Miss thing, you moving from New York to uh, North Carolina to New York, you about to be a little fish in a gigantic pond of established entertainers. That shouldn't scare you, but it should inspire you to know that you're going to have to work to really stand out, to make a name for yourself. And you can do it because trust me, I came to drag not knowing much other than you know, I like to be on stage and I love to entertain. I learned as I mm -hmm. went along. You can learn too, but you got to be ready and willing to do it. The work. It's the truth. Just another reminder, if you were just uh, tuning into the show earlier, before the show even started, we talked about uh, my love for the bub for bubbly. <laughs> uh, caring for our grandparents What's the love? and our health. Yes, yes. Bubbly, bubbly. Where's my bubbly? Bubbly, bubbly. Yes, yes. Uh, Mitch, can you move that? Uh, caring for our grandparents and their health. Shangela teaching family uh, members at home during COVID. Uh, the hash, hashtag justice for Shangela. 2020 vibe, black queen getting what is theirs. And uh, Shangela is out. Shangela is shook. YouTube special uh, and sneaking out of the hotel during the filming of season three for Stacey Lane Matthews' birthday. I can't believe that. Drag race. That. Nobody knows about that. <laughs> Uh, and so if you want to watch that, head over to my Patreon where you can also find other exclusive behind the scenes videos and full episodes of Pep Talks. All right. Okay. Now this, uh, here we go. 
so this is the segment of the show that I like to call my favorite products of the week. This is um, a skincare item. I actually uh, haven't talked about this yet. It was sent to me by surprise. Sometimes people just send me things, and I'm like, oh, God, what is that in that box? Ooh, come on. Uh, <laughs> yes. I did not get paid to do this, but uh, I figured I would check it out. It is from Pharmacy. Uh, and the line is gr the product is called Green Clean. It what is, is it? Makeup, it's a makeup. It's a cleanser. It's a it's a cleansing balm that make, makes melts your makeup away. It's a makeup melt away cleansing balm. Oh, girl, it's you a know. makeup melt away cleansing balm. I already knew what it was. Uh, it's it, it smells. I can't figure out what it smells like, but it smells so familiar. And so, if you can, uh, if anybody gets it and you can figure out what this fragrance is then let me know because it smells like some other product that I've smelled and I can't place it because it's not usually like a face cleanser, but it's like some kind of food or something. I don't know. Anyway, well, the, the amazing is, thing is if they smell it, then they know they ain't got COVID. Hello. Oh, hello, hello, hello. <laughs> uh, it is wonderful. This is also an amazing thing. It is, oh, it's a feature. I guess it was featured in Allure magazine in 2017, but this is a new box. 2017. <laughs> and it's uh, it's great. It. Green we got clean. some extra boxes. Send it to Peppermint. <laughs> Hello. Hello. You got the what, what, check back in that 2017 uh, shelf. Anyway, the if they ain't is, broke, don't fix it. It looks good. Hello. It looks good. And it melts the makeup right off, honey. Eye makeup, all that kind of stuff. Very, very, very good. So check it out. Pharmacy Green Clean. It's just so wonderful. And I'm really, really digging it. And so I'm going to keep using it. I've been using it for about three weeks. Uh, it's been my only makeup remover here uh, where I'm, I'm not at home. I'm in um, Canada. And so it's been my only makeup remover here, and it has been fabulous. Anyway, wow. another thing that has been fabulous is uh, I, I want to talk about Delicate Recovery. Uh, I'm going to let you know next week about Delicate Recovery Serum and Kate Somerville Goat's Milk uh, Cleanser, which I have been using. Uh, but I'm going to wait until next week because I wanted to give it another week to really seep in. So for those of you that tuned in to find out my review of that, just wait until next week, please, because uh, I'm, I'm thinking that after the election, we are going to need some nice self-care moments. And so we're going to talk about it on that day. Give us something nice to talk about. She's going to be very <laughs> seep, y'all. Get ready, because Pepper goes seep hello, hello. seepage. Seep <laughs> Let it seep in, honey. Um, so just to recap, oh, if you're just see. joining us, yeah, just <laughs> if you are just joining us, head on over to my Patreon to see everything that you just missed. And uh, of course, on the Patreon, you can see the entire show and some before the show <laughs> moments that uh, are very, very good. Uh, anyway, this is the end of the show. Next week's guest is Sasha Valor, and we are talking about yeah. Boomerang. And so if you want to uh, be up to speed, make sure you watch it yourself before so that we can talk about it next week and you can put your uh, chat in your comments in the chat. Uh, you are not I gay. Say, He's gay. He's <laughs> gay. I my brother is gay. I know gay. <laughs> That's good. That's my uh, great sound. It is it is. And so can we scroll back up to the uh, the the promotions for Shangela? Shangela is just about to start filming season two of We're Here. Uh, and so we are going to keep our eyes out for that. Also, we want to make sure that you go to feedthequeens.org, is it? That's it. Feedthequeens.com feed or .org. .org. Either one of them. You can get that help. Feed the Queens. Or okay, both of them. 
please go. And that's every type of drag entertainer, drag king, drag queen, our fabulous drag mm-hmm. trans community, anybody in the drag, the binders, everybody. Mm-hmm. If you are a drag mm-hmm. entertainer, mm-hmm. go to feedthequeens.com. Hallelujah. And you recently started a brand new show on Spotify called Hallelujah Happy Hour with Shangela. It's every single week. And so make sure you check that out where you get on Spotify, but it might even be wherever you get your podcasts. It's only on Spotify. And Pep, you have to come be my guest one time, okay? I'm yours. I'm all yours, honey. We will, I'll ask Rafe after the show to to email you about that and you let me know when we can schedule it. Um, And then uh, we found... Of recent, oh, we already got that. Sorry, <laughs> we, what? us in this teleprompter today, y'all. We got a lot going on, but the most important thing is that y'all tuned in. Thank you so much for sticking with us and watching the show. Make sure you tune in next week, uh, Shangela. You are amazing. Thank you so 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 much for being my guest on Pep Talks. And everyone, take care. Mwah. Mwah, bye, y'all. Hallelujah.